This is Cinema Degeneration. You are the ones from Delta Two. The people who live underground. Is that who you are? Whoever you are, thank you for saving us. You saved us. We're so glad to be found by friends. You are our friends. What do they want from us? Rats. Why are they man's enemy? Rats. They are watching and waiting. Rats. Their time has come. Why do rats repel us? What is it about those little furry bodies that's so frightening? Just think of them close to you. stop them and how ah! rats are here under our feet all around us come on out of the open so i can smash you to pieces come to the slaughter a strange rat from another community came into it he was soon killed and afterwards eaten seething teeming millions their little red eyes gleaming with rage and hunger and barricade yourselves in. No, I'll try to stop them. Rats, they're waiting for you. Tonight, because this is your night of terror. Here come the rats. Alrighty, folks, welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Cinema Degeneration's Wasteland Appreciation Month. We're celebrating everything post-apocalyptic, uh, dystopian, wasteland-filled, futuristic-type mayhem. And this week is no, uh, you know, no exception. We are doing the rats. 
Night of Terror from 1984, directed by Bruno Mattei, a.k.a. Vincent Dawn here, using one of his many, many pseudonyms, and co-directed by Claudio Fragasso, uh, a.k.a. Clyde Anderson, using one of his many, many aliases. And uh, joining me this evening is my usual Howling at the Moon co-host, Dustin Hubbard. How we doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we're going to make this work one way or the other, right? Since we're having so many connection issues here tonight. <laughs> but, you know, what the hell? You know, if, if, it wasn't, if, if we didn't have connection issues and recording problems, it wouldn't be a Cinema Degeneration show. Someone dropped the bomb on the uh, connection. <laughs> yeah. The Bob in the Christian year of 2015. Oh gosh, Bruno. Yeah, this movie is uh, is all sorts of weird and bad, and and terribly good and bad all at the same time. Like I said, you got when you get Bruno Mattei and Claudio Fragasso together, you can expect uh, insanity at best. I guess. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh well. But this movie uh, is, is no exception to this post-apocalyptic, you know, the rule that we have for this uh, Wasteland Appreciation Month. It's just got to have a wasteland in it. And this movie starts off uh, with a bang, uh, literally quite with a bang. But uh, first I got to ask before I get into the IMDb synopsis and we start tearing into this. Uh, I, I know myself this is not this subgenre is not exactly your jam it's not exactly one of your your favorite subgenres but i gotta ask the question that for all the guests this month is do you have a favorite like wasteland themed kind of movie honestly i can't really think of one in all honesty um i've seen tons uh you know it's definitely not something that i've shied away from over the years uh, because I've I've seen and own a shit ton of these movies, but um, and nothing specifically stands out. Not but even I'm, Crash and Burn. Um, no, you okay? Maybe you can have get, get me there. <laughs> <laughs> full moon, full moon claws there, but uh, but uh, in general, yeah, I don't know. The the subgenre just has never really been something that spoke to me. Uh, but. I'm, as I've often said, I'll always, uh, I'm always willing to try watching something once and find out. So I've, I've never steered clear of it. You know, I'll watch, I'll watch anything once. So, uh, and I've seen this one a few times. So it's definitely, it stood out as a, as a kind of amusing stinker. So, yeah, it's like. I, I do like this movie. I'm not going to say I love this movie. I think I loved it a lot more in my childhood and my adolescence because I thought it was just crazy. Now yeah. it's just all sorts of bad and kind of. Uh, it's one of those things that just like <laughs> I, I look at it and see like, oh, this is what you're not supposed to do with a movie. Yep. Anything that Bruno Mattei does, you do the opposite. Right, right. <laughs> And I love me some Bruno Mattei. His stuff is always highly entertaining, but not uh, entirely great at the same time. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> they're not they're not good movies, but they're what I think the general consensus would call movies that are so bad they are good. So exactly, I know a lot of people disparage that kind of 
you know, comparison of calling a movie so bad it's good, but I agree with that. There are just movies that are so bad they're good. You know, his, uh, you know, Shocking Dark is one that uh, that we've reviewed here on the show, and that comes to mind as in- amazingly so bad it's good. Yeah, and it's it's something that, like, with movies like this, too, I mean, they weren't really made to try and be like that. They were just made with the resources they had or whatever lack thereof they had, obviously. (laughs) Because nowadays you'll get a lot of movies like people are students of these kinds of films. And a lot of times people will try and make movies that can kind of emulate these this sort of aesthetic or vibe. And when you try to make something that's bad or try to make something that's, you know, so bad, it's good. Or you try and uh, capture camp or something you know when you intentionally do it it doesn't work it's something that just sort of happens i think by you know destinies you know decides that's going to be the way it is and just by kismet it just sort of happens that that's what makes movies like this special is this movie wasn't made to be so bad it's good it just existed it just happened that way yeah totally that's why something like cliche example but that's why something like troll 2 is such a masterpiece because it wasn't made to be a bad film it's just it just happened that way you know you know claudio happened is what happened to that movie (laughs) that's just like those things just happen and that's just the way the movie you know that's what makes movies like these so you know unique and special because they weren't trying to be like Bad. They, they, they didn't go the birdemic route and tried to be so bad they're good. Yeah, which you know, I don't know. Like, I feel like even that guy thinks he was making really good movies. <laughs> <laughs> At least on the on the first one he did. By the second one, I think he had to know. I think he I think he realized. But then that was what made part two so especially horrible, though, is is that he. I think tried to lean into that with the second one, and I I didn't watch the third one yet, but. I oh, like I have. I good. have. It's something special. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's uh, not good. Yeah, I bought the uh, at Cinema Wasteland uh, a couple of months back, several months back. I bought the box set with all three because I was just uh-huh. like, I don't own part one and two and I want to see part three. I'm like, for, you know, for 30 bucks, I'm like, what the hell? I'll do it. So I watched it so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's part three is admittedly it's 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 bad it's filled with a lot of the same stuff uh the same music the same effects the same shots the same actors so to speak but it's it's missing the magic same crappy 2d composite shot of like a bird flying that doesn't move or have any depth at all <laughs> uh, yep you got it you just hit the nail right on the head with the jackhammer Boats in the sky in a stationary spot because that's how birds fly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, at least like this, we could actually have real animals on set. You know, granted, they might not be the animal in the title all the time, but you know. yeah, they might they might have been hamsters. They, they might have been gerbils. They, they might have sometimes been rats. It is at least a tangible creature on set. Like, what is it when they did, like, the killer shrews? It was, like, dogs and little yeah. creature costumes. 
Uh, yeah, but at least they had real animals, so I'll give them that. I'll give them that much. Uh, but let me go ahead and we'll go off into the, the the movie here in just a moment. I'll do the IMDb synopsis for everybody at home. Okay, folks, are you ready for this? Rats, Night of Terror, 1984. Synopsis is as follows. In a post-apocalyptic Earth where most of humanity lives underground, a group of surface people stumble upon an abandoned lab that was trying to bring life back to the Earth's surface, but the place is run over by vicious rats. And I feel like for once, whoever wrote that IMDb synopsis was right on the money, because most of the time they feel like they hit the mark, but that makes sense. <laughs> and I know I'm talking about Rats Night of Terror making sense, but, you know, the, the, the synopsis makes sense at least. I'll give it that much. It does feel like they actually watched the movie. So yeah. Even though I will say that at points it doesn't really feel like a lab to me. There are points where it almost feels like they're in a bar. Yeah, yeah. Like not not a not a science lab. The, they're like at a bar with a lab in the basement. Yeah, it's That's a very strange kind of setup. Maybe the bar was the cover for the <laughs> for the lab. <laughs> yeah, they could have easily like had that like happen, like to show them entering in like through a secret doorway or something. But no, it just happened to be in the you know this the, beneath this bar. It was just like a rundown, like. But I think part of that was you cut out there a little bit. Sorry, I said it just seems like it's like an old rundown saloon. Yeah, well, I think that was part of the the sets because I, I did not know this until this viewing because I, I've seen this several times. I, I own the the double feature of this uh, on DVD with Hell of the Living Dead. Uh, it says that the abandoned city sets featured heavily in the film were the same New York City exteriors built at Cincinnati. Uh, for Once Upon a Time in uh, America for Sergio Leone, but, but uh, they had fallen under disrepair, so they all already looked somewhat, you know, destroyed. So that made sense that that was the bar, because that was one of the main locations in, like, Once Upon a Time in America. So that kind of looked, you know, like, I get it. And, and the locations really, you know, I have to say, like, the, the exteriors and whatnot are kind of, at one point, the star of this movie, because it it, it it really stands out to me. Yeah. Yeah, the locations are actually really, really great. But uh, as all these movies do, it starts off with an opening crawl. And I didn't write the whole thing down. I kind of did the, the truncated version of this. But it starts off with, in the Christian year of 2015... Then I put dot 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 hundreds of atomic bombs yada 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 dot 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 refugees living underground yada yada after the bomb, and that's pretty much it. Is this like all five continents were wiped off the map, and the story begins on the surface of the Earth in 224 or 225 AB, which is after the bomb. Which I kind of like that they did that. You know, yeah, you know. B.C., A.D., and now you got A.B. after the bomb. So I kind of like that little bit of it, you know, that like it starts off thinking, oh, getting to get you thinking like, OK, they're going to have something here. But it kind of descends into chaos and banality, I think. But uh, a ragtag group, you know, they didn't really have a whole lot of time with those motorcycles. It's just a bunch of motorcycles and makeshift, you know, Mad Max looking vehicles, you know, two vans and. 
but like this group, I don't, I, I don't get it because at the beginning of it, you know, I, I never saw the problem in this when I was, you know, watched this in my adolescence. But now that I'm a 47 year old man, I watch it. I want to know who the fuck are they? Who is yeah. this group? Why are they here? And like the first character that we get an intro to, his name, his name's Video. Like they have the weirdest sets, you know, the weirdest names in this movie. The character names are bizarrely very period specific feeling and hilariously bad. Like obviously, yeah, uh, video and the black woman who is named Chocolate. And oh yeah, that does not age well at all. Chris, and then like, and then their leader, Kurt. Yeah, yeah. The the lead the lead is just Kurt. You know, you got names like Lucifer. Duke, video, chocolate, and then yeah, Kurt. It's yeah, just like it. might as well just name him Kyle. Yeah, very bizarre collection of people. And I and I have to say, like, there are so many characters. Like there the movie begins and there's eleven of these people. And like you said, who are they? Like, what is their story and stuff? I'm like, cause they they do feel like a lot of times like they're not even like all friends or whatever they just seem like very kind of adverse to each other at points and i don't understand why they're just kind of traveling together but yeah it doesn't make sense why they're even together apocalypse so you safety in numbers i guess i don't know like well you know i mean because it starts off and it starts you know with that sweeping shot of of the desert you know before you get into the group when you know with the that opening title crawl they talk about you know how some groups lived underground and some people still lived underground and, you know, and stayed there to stay away from the radioactivity and the fallout and everything. And that some ragtag groups were still on the surface. And it's like, okay, I, I get that. But it's just like, you kind of start off and you just like, like you said, there's so many of these people, there's almost a dozen of them. I and have to say, like in movies like this, and I see this being a common theme in a lot of movies, Something awful happens topside, so people go underground. Okay, the bomb blew up and destroyed everything and killed a lot of civilization. What technology or ability do these leftover people have to go underground and manufacture a subterranean world to live in? Right, yeah, where does that technology exist for the masses? Yeah, it'd be different, I guess, if you were in, like, New York, you know, or some somewhere, you know, that has, like, an underground, like, a very predominant underground environment that's below the surface. You know what I mean? You could go down and live as, like, mall men in the, in the subways and sewer systems and all that. Like, but I'm just always kind of fascinated at, like, these movies where they they just suddenly live underground and i'm like well how did they how did they dig like how did they pull that off i don't understand how, how did they pull off plumbing and electric like electricity and you know how did they dig it out and, and build these fortresses of these like this fortress of solitude you know like they have you know i always like it's a suspension of disbelief all right I'm like, I know I'm overthinking it too much because it's like, it's rats night of terror. But it's like, at the same time, I'm like, I don't understand how everyone just goes underground because you see that in a lot of movies where they say that that's what people do. 
And I'm like, I, I but didn't. how? Yeah, I, I just, I don't, I'm not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this, I guess uh, if we can suspend our disbelief with the fact that it's called Rats Night of Terror, I guess we can forgive it for, you know, being a little bit not too sciencey science. Should call guinea pig night of the mediocre. <laughs> oh god, the guinea pigs. Uh I, I did read at one point in some Wikipedia stuff. I don't know if this is true, but they said that the handlers at one point had some of the rats had died. So that the prop guys kept rats that had died and threw them at the actors at some point, you know, like when they were just like all of a sudden these rats would just appear and they would just dump dozens of them on top of the actors at one point. And cute. I mean, like one, I wouldn't want to be covered in rats anyway, because that's just like that's gross. But at the same time, who wants to have dead rats thrown at them? I mean, there was a lot of rat throwing. <laughs> Any any moment that people are getting attacked by anything, it just feels like people are just literally off camera throwing either living or dead rats like right at the actors, or if they're like, oh, they're like looking up or whatever, you know, like when the dudes at the at the water filtration thing, and it just looks like someone dumped a wheelbarrow full of rats on him from above. Right, right. It's just That's or like when when the chick is at the window and they're like, oh, we forgot to secure that window. And then it just suddenly it's just like like an explosion of rats through the fucking window. Yeah, <laughs> like, like she did everything to stick her head through that window. Like, oh, you mean this one unsecured, the only unsecured window in the building? Like, they really stick my head through it while somebody dumps a, yeah. you know, an apple box full of rats on top of me. There had to be a, about 50 of them waiting, looking over the edge of the building or something, waiting for a head to pop out so they could all pounce like simultaneously. <laughs> like the lead rat is like, watch, watch, this bitch is going to stick her head through the window. Watch, watch, watch. And go. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's crazy. But like, anyway, we get to it. To like, you know, it's like, who are they? Why are they here? That they go from the desert and they just automatically are going to the city. They don't really say what city it is. I'm assuming it must be New York because it looks like a New York street. And I'm just assuming, you know, I, I have to assume here because they don't really tell you. But uh, the the leaders, uh, Kurt, is played by Octaviano Delacqua. I'm probably massacring his name, but I tried to pronounce it right. He was uh, the zombie in that's on the infamously on the cover, the big maggoty eye zombie in the movie Zombie by Fulci. I met him at Cinema Wasteland years and years and years ago at my first Wasteland, and I brought up this movie, and he just rolled his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> his, his reaction to it, he's like, the movie was so cheesy. <laughs> I'm like, well, at least you know what you were in, pal. At least, you know, hey. Yeah, people, exactly. You, you Sometimes people appear in bad movies. You know what? It, you got to love when people at least remember them and they get seen and people can appreciate them, even if they're not good. So, 
at least he, he smiled. He did smile. He just smiled and kind of rolled his eyes and he nodded and he's like, it was so cheesy. But as I put in big caps, this movie does not star Octaviano in, in this movie. It stars Gerada Gerada and her big mane of poofy black hair. Oh my I, God. Like, her hair enters the scene before she does. Yeah, I was sitting here like my my mother, ironically, oddly, was like, oh, yeah, I'll sit and watch this with you. And I'm like, you really want to watch this with me? <laughs> or watching it and I'm like, damn, check out the fucking 80s hair, dude. Like the 80s hair in uh, 2025 AB. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, do you think that's like really her hair? And my mom was like, oh, hell no, that's definitely a wig. I'm like, I'm not bad. <laughs> like, I want to believe. I, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Yeah, I want I want to believe it's real. But who knows? Only she knows. Oh, uh, and I forgot like at the beginning there's so many people in this movie. That, like again, we both said that there's so many characters in this movie. I don't even remember which one it was, but I've just wrote this down when they find the food, they get into it, they're so wasteful, they're starving. They have no food. They have no yeah. wi- water. We were talking about that too, dude. They find the food and they just start like Ripping it, out, it, dumping it out, and just like being very wasteful and like really stupid and handling the food, dude. The like one dumps dude, like a flower over her head and shit. And the one dude like that bites into the bag of white powder and just like like one. Why would you just bite it into a bag of any white powder without knowing? It's like wow, it's sugar, real sugar, and it's like um, yeah, yeah okay, I guess. Yeah. For people that are starving, they waste a lot of that shit. One dude's like grabbing out like handfuls of like noodles or something and just like shoving them into his face and like slurping them down. They're yeah, they're very for people who live in the wasteland. <laughs> oh god. Trying to scavenge for for you know food and supplies and whatnot. Uh they they don't really understand conserving things and being careful. <laughs> Oh no, no, not even, not even slightly. That being said, like back to the whole like so many characters thing, I kind of like, I, I really was only able to start really differentiating people once a few people were dead. <laughs> so oh, right, like with the yeah. thin part of it, because there's eleven characters that all show up at once, so it's kind of hard to tell them all apart at first until they they start. And nobody. Getting- yeah, nobody calls anybody by name except for Kurt and Video at the beginning. Everybody else is just like, you have just to like, wait like 30 minutes to catch their name. Yeah, I'm just like guy leader with the flamethrower, the dude who looks like a Harry Krishna, the girl with that big hair. Like, that's how I was differentiating them in my head. <laughs> same, same. Like, but uh, I, I love how they're, they're celebrating. And that like all this food is stored in one room and there's beds all around. So it's like really like, oh, like, oh, we can stay here. We can eat. We can have shelter. We can have bed. And the lady falls back on the bed and she does, all of a sudden something starts moving underneath it. And it's like rats gnawing on a cor- corpse. So their celebration is quickly ruined by all this like, oh, we got food. And like, oh, maybe we should have checked this area out a little bit before we started just like eating, you know, bags of raw sugar and throwing around bags of flour on top of everybody. They didn't, they didn't, they don't really seem like they secure the perimeter. At very no. They, go into the, they just kind of like go in and just start. That wasn't around. They don't really seem like on guard or anything. 
And it's funny because they find that dead body and then they take them all out. They they torch them in the street. And then not long after that, you get that like that kind of like panning shot of like all of them laying in the beds in the same room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And one of them is obviously laying in that same bed that had the corpse with the rats gnawing on it. Yeah, I'm like literally someone's laying in a bloody bed where the the dead body was being like chewed up by the rats, and they're all just like laying in these beds, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, to like ten, eleven on the floor, who are just fucking in front of like the entire bunch of them. Yeah, and and those characters' names I actually did write down is Lucifer and Lilith. Like, mm, I okay, <laughs> but yeah. but like. A lot of these characters are, are are kind of not worthless, but they're useless. Like the nobody has like like they got the leader, they got video who is kind of their, I guess supposed to be a tech guy who's infatuated with video games. Their game enthusiast should have no concept of what a video game is. Yeah, yeah, he's like I can master any beat any video game. There is like how many video games have you been playing in, in this this war torn post-apocalyptic future where the technology and everything has been destroyed for 225 years. How many video games have you played? I think by the time the bomb went up, all the, all the PS 35s probably got destroyed in the explosion. So I don't know what (laughs) you're playing. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) PS 35s that were strangely still looked like Atari 2600s. Yeah. Like all the the electronic like wall of like computer stuff that was my first thought was i'm like oh and they're like oh it's not a game it must be a it's a computer and i'm like yes this is a very 1983 fucking computer because it's the size of the entire goddamn wall like right right with tons of monitors tons of buttons and it doesn't really do anything which nowadays, I mean, we have com- our fucking phones or computers like and, you know, you can have your phone is like not much bigger than a fucking debit card. You know what I mean? It's right. Like right. Computers that fit in the palm of our hand. But in like 2025 or like 20. Yeah. Tw- you're like two, 225. That's what it was. 225. A, B. The, the computers are still the size of like an entire wall panel. That's what I love about s- some of these movies when it happens like that, because it's like. They're still hindered by, you know, the the futuristic tech is yeah, hampered by what they think, you know, modern tech is like going to be like in 200 years. It's just going to be bigger. I picture a computer like that, dude, is like has to be smart enough that it's like the computer they use to like beat Kasparov and like playing chess and shit. Like, I, there's no reason for a fucking computer to be that big. <laughs> Which in reality, yeah, as time has passed, tech's actually gotten smaller, where back then, like you said, maybe they expected things would just keep getting bigger. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And my next note here I got is that the video dude is just plain weird. He reminds me of Eugene from The Walking Dead. Thinks he knows shit, but doesn't know shit. But he does turn things on. And I think it's really fucking funny. I I, I have no idea what this line meant because I wrote it down. He turns the, the machine on, and uh, I think it's Gerada's character, Chocolate, says, I'm going to make you pregnant. Like, But she says that to him. That makes no sense whatsoever. I, dude, that, I, I did not remember that line, but I, the thing that stuck out to me the most was like, right, like, oh, yeah, like, basically, and sending like, video, figure it out. What is it? 
and he's like sitting there like he's revving up and he's like twitching his fingers and stuff and he's like getting ready to i don't know he thinks he's gonna play a game or something like it made no sense to me and then he just reaches over and flips a lot of switches on the fucking switchboard yeah and turns it on like like, that's what you you did nothing dude (laughs) like i know the other 10 fucking people could have just reached over and flipped some switches. You did nothing. You're the tech expert and you legitimately know fucking nothing because that guy feels like a total dunce. Like, and two, he, he just gets up, he gets mad at it and he kicks it. And it's yeah, just, uh, actually turned it on, wasn't it? Flipping the switches didn't even do anything. It was like when he kicked it and it was like, and then it kind of came on. Yeah. Like, what was running the, where was the electrical grid? That was turning this thing <laughs> that, that got turned on by a kick. It's a cool way of getting anything to work. You just kick it, you know, or hit it, you know. Yeah, you just do the Fonzie. Yeah, bang the side, kick the <laughs> pop open, you know. Oh, damn, my NES cartridge ain't playing. Let me blow in it and blow all the dust out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like poor man's process of making technology work. Right, <laughs> right. Shit humanly possible. <laughs> well, if that's if that's the case, then I'm a fucking tech wizard myself. I can do that. <laughs> I we're love. All, the, we're all fucking Stephen Hawking. <laughs> yeah, I love the line that fucking Kurt has, and he's like, "Yeah, computers and corpses are a bad mixture." It's like anything with corpses is a bad fucking mixture. Not just computers. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? Give me a movie about a fucking corpse that's a computer. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, uh, I, I can't remember who it was because again, like kind of like you said, uh, doesn't there's there's a point in this movie when people finally start dying off that I start remembering who the characters are because like like I got mixed up on the names. I think it might be Taurus or it might be uh, uh, Noah or, at this point that finds the underground lab and he's like they figured it out. They figured out somehow how to build filter the water and you know grow all these plants and flowers and vegetables and then like somehow they figured it out it's a miracle i'm like yeah dude it's called hydroponics and seeds most likely i was confused because they're like there's like what two fucking things with like plants and shit in it like it didn't seem like there were that many like i don't know what you would call it like those those contain containment units with the shit growing in them that's lit up yeah there's like two three of them maybe look fruits and vegetables and flowers and like all that shit fit in those like there ain't that fucking much space like is there's virtually a, a something of every kind of plant imaginable and like but every kind then the one dude when the one dude picks up a fruit and fucking takes a bite out of it like it just looked like a bunch of plants like it didn't even look like like food it just looked like a bunch of like parsley or something it, it, like it didn't look like edible shit i don't know <laughs> uh, it is it didn't uh, well i call this like when they do with this pure italian cheese that they have where they literally try to explain everything with a whole lot of nothing you know and like exposition 101 and it's like hey they figured it out they figured out how to filter the water and you know make all these plants grow and everything they're rebuilding society and like with a couple of hydroponic tables and some grow lights and a water filtration system. Like, okay, I got it. Over explaining shit that should be very basic. But like, 
like when the computer starts saying, uh, start, not saying, but it starts printing out, or not even printing out, it just starts reading out. It says total group eliminate and elimination. And all caps in my notes, I wrote message because I'm like, hey, maybe y'all ought to get the fuck out of here if it says total group elimination and you're finding corpses all over the place, eaten down to the bone in some place. And when he when dude quotes it too, he he like adds more dialogue to it too. That bothered me. I don't know because it wasn't like he didn't read like total group elimination or whatever. He's like he he added a couple extra words like total elimination of the group or something. Yeah, total elimination of the entire group or something like that. It was just like um, that's not what it said. Small quibble, but I'm like I feel like you're reading from the screen and you're not reading from the same screen. But. <laughs> Yeah, like you're you're reading from the script, not the screen. Yeah, I got to pick my battles, but I, it was that was bothersome to me. Like, you know, what's bothersome to me, like the fact that they drag all these bodies out into the middle of the street and burn them, and they're all standing within like ten feet of this this burning bodies that are obviously plague ridden. It's like no wonder the plague spread with all the burning of the bodies in the middle of the street. I was kind of confused by that too because I was like. Would you really just drag all that stuff like right out in the middle of the street so that like anyone or anything can see that? Maybe it's just my mindset of like post-apocalyptic whatever kind of like, you know, oh, there's mutants that are <laughs> wandering the fucking the landscape or whatever. But I'm like, I feel like there's probably other people, even if it's just other scavengers who live topside, who probably aren't friendly, you know, and you don't want to. Right. You wouldn't want to draw a lot of attention to yourself. Granted, when they write on all on all their like you know Mad Max vehicles, that would fucking raise a lot of red flags with all the noise. But at the same time, I'm like, you really, you just want to drag all that shit right out in the middle of the street, set it on fire, create a big like show, and then they are all standing near it too. Where I'm like, you don't know what those bodies like were could be infected with. <laughs> like, why are you? So <laughs> Like, maybe step back a few feet so you're not inhaling their fucking, like, germs. Maybe even tie, like, a fucking rag around your face, you know, around your mouth, you know, uh, something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like, like, even modern day, wear a fucking mask. How dare you suggest they should all have to wear masks? It's their right to not have to. <laughs> like, it's their right to, to breathe in plague smoke, right? It's their right to breathe in the fucking like <laughs> breathe in germ death. So <laughs> right. Uh, I I do think it's funny with all those beds that the one couple Lucifer and Lilith are getting it on like totally this this ragtag fucking on the floor in a goddamn like uh, sleeping bag. Taurus doesn't like it, threatens to beat the shit out of them if he doesn't, if they don't stop it. And everybody else is just like, okay, yeah, yeah, go out of here. Go, go outside and fuck if you want to. And then they get stuck in the, the fucking sleeping bag because the zipper gets stuck. Yeah, and they have to get help to get out. It's so gratuitous, but at the same time, not gratuitous because they're like, he's like railing her in the bag. Like, but they're like zipped up so you can't see literally anything. And it's funny because watching it to him, like, like, I'm like, look, the zipper's stuck. That's a total fucking, uh, total setup for later. Like, yeah, it is. It is. It is a total setup for later. It'll come back into play. Yeah, I'm like, you know, someone's going to get stuck in the sleeping bag later, and it's going to be like that scene in Sleepaway, you know, Return to Sleepaway Camp with the rat and the birdcage on the head. So, oh, yeah. 
Like, and it was. Like, and then we get full blown dual nudity. Lucifer and Lilith uh, fucking their brains out, and he, we get you get to see everything. They don't shy away from the full blown frontal male nudity, frontal female nudity. I mean, woot woot. They give you everything. And that's the part that feel, felt gratuitous because they're just like sitting there with their 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 all their their giblets just hanging out, and it's just like yeah, that's you... the funny that's the funny sort of like uh, I don't know um, antidote to like the fact that like they're in the sleeping bag, and he's like literally just like again, it just feels like he's like straight straight up railing her in the bag, and it's so gratuitous feeling, but you're not seeing anything. And then they go out, and they're just like, boom, here's my twig and berries, like let's fuck. <laughs> and then he like okay I, I i don't i don't get this there lucifer's an asshole he like he he just got some you know so i imagine he got off off you know he got off off camera you know they don't show that but like lucifer's an asshole i mean like that seems like a redundant redundancy saying lucifer's an asshole but you know you know it goes without saying but it's like just because he couldn't tap that ass twice he gets mad and calls her he calls her a cunt at one point and like he yells at her and he's like you you're you're all, you're all the same and I'm like what because he, he, he she doesn't want to get fucked twice in five minutes like you got some cuddle cuddle or something you know <laughs> i don't get it i don't get like where he gets off being such an asshole yeah made made no sense honestly but i mean i guess that's just to overly exemplify that that character's a fucking prick so oh yeah And oh, go ahead. As if the character name didn't tip it off already. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm like, like that's why I said, you know, Lucifer's an asshole is kind of redundancy. You know, the dictionary under the redundant, it says C redundant. And like, then it cuts to an uh, a, a weird, like, almost felt like an outtake where the there's rats in the water supply. Like, they get the rats are just falling down those tubes that are collecting the rainwater. And they just happen to fall on top of the dude's head and bite his and bite his face off. Or, or I, I, at first, I thought that was Duke, but then it turned out I, I actually amended my nose, and that's Noah. I think. I like I said I got confused there for a minute, but like that's where we get like really our first death. And yeah. one guy, because the one guy gets rats dumped on him at the at the filtration tank. And the, right. and the one that, I guess it was Lucifer that was screwing her, like, balls into that whole thing? Yeah, yeah, because he drops, he finds a bottle of booze that he accidentally drops down into the sewer, or down and underground into the hole. He's, like, dangling between buildings or something, is what it looked like, and I'm the whole time I'm just like, dude, just get up and get out of it. What are you just, like, dangling there for? And but his fall looked rough. It didn't look like there was any any kind of mat or anything to to break his fall. It looks like he fell about ten feet and just landed on concrete. It looked rough. So I got to hand it to the actor for taking that taking one for the team. But uh, this is like I know it's like implied at the beginning. 
you know, so you don't really know if it's really happening, but uh, it, it, the plays off a, a few moments later, you do find out that Lilith falls trapped of the stuck zipper and gets eaten from the inside out, where the rat, like, crawls into the sleeping bag and starts eating her, but, like, then you don't see anything, because then when they, yep, they found, they find out later when the group hears her scream and they find her dead... They're like, oh, you know, she must have. They all automatically think it's Lucifer. He must have strangled her in the heat of passion. But then her mouth starts to open up, and the rat comes out. So the rat entered in through through her and ate all the way through up to her mouth. Like that's gross. That's like, I mean, it's kind of awesome, but gross at the same time. I might I don't know what this says about my moral compass to say that's gross, but awesome. That they would still, that people would still like know about and think that people were into autoerotic asphyxiation in uh, 225 AB. <laughs> yeah. This is the point when I wrote, uh, yup, and out comes the rat. Fucking yuck. And this becomes one of many scenes where I only know her name because they, they keep saying her name over and over again, but Myrna flips out. She flips her shit. She, her brain goes dipsy fucking doodle. And th- she just, like, she has, like, literally three or four fucking flip-out scenes where she just sees something and starts screaming. She sees a spider, she starts screaming, and I'm like, she flips out again. I'm like, I, I wrote down in my nose, is this her first day in the apocalypse? It's 225 AD, or AB, so that means she's at the most, say, 30 years old. She spent her whole life in the apocalypse. She can't be that freaked out by a spider. I mean, I would have freaked out by that spider. That is, that is, uh, that is a fucking tarantula. Thank you. <laughs> but still, I'm like, uh, that, you know, I'm in a fucking rat infested shithole. I don't know if, like, if that's any worse that, or, like, more terrifying than, like, looking at, you know, a hundred red eyed rats that want to eat me. So, yeah. Probably if I were her, I'd have probably just been like, eh. Like, I'd have been like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh. But this is the uh, this is the part that is probably one of the wildest what the fuck moments in this movie. I, I'm nominating this for my what the fuck moment. I believe the character's name is Noah. He shows up covered, covered in rats. They've eaten him. He's bitten all over. He's bleeding. He's not dead. He's screaming for help. And our fearless leader, Kurt, just sets him on fire with a flamethrower. Doesn't try to help him or nothing. I, just burns him alive. Overreaction much. I was totally confused as to which guy it was. If it was like the one at the water tank or if it was Lucifer after he fell. But it was, well, the, guy, it was the guy at the water tank. Yeah, it was the guy at the water tank because they find a scene or two later, they find Lucifer still fallen where he got covered in rats where he fell down that hole. So it's funny because he just lights that bitch up and it's like, you're fucking dead. And it's funny because then when he like jumps out the window or whatever, you can totally see like the, the very blatantly not hidden thing wrapped around the dude's head to like protect him from the fire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It made his head look like three sizes too big. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah. On fire. It, it was a, an impressive full body burn, though. I will give it that. I, I'm I'm always impressed when you know an actor or a stuntman you know goes full bore into something like that and lets them do a full body burn because you know today 
you know, nobody has to, I mean, thankfully, nobody has to do that kind of thing. You know, you can do it with digital fire, which I think digital fire sucks. I, I think digital fire 99 times out of 100 looks horrible, but it's much more safer. And I'd rather have horrible looking CGI fire than, you know, somebody getting burned. But I will say impressive full body burn. So impressive that it burns them down to the bones in about 30 seconds. Yeah, it, it does actually torch <laughs> him like insanely quick. Yeah. I mean, there's like nothing but like a little bit of meat on those bones. Like they wrapped them in some beef jerky and just like, there you go. There you go, pal. Go. <laughs> then Myrna flips out again. Duke flips out and randomly is just starting shooting his shotgun out at, at, at anything. I think he hears some noise. He's like, come and get me. Come and get me. And he starts shooting. I mean, Shotgun shells can't be in that much over an abundance 225 years after the bomb. Yeah, I was confused because I'm why are you wasting all of your fucking ammo? <laughs> like, you gotta conserve. <laughs> like, yeah. But then again, they don't fucking conserve the food. So why would they conserve bullets? Oh, good point. They're not interested in conserving food and or water. So why would they conserve their bullets? It's a good point. It's a good, very good point. Very wasteful on every level. Yeah. Uh, well, what happens next? Uh, we have, we were, they're going to leave, but surprise, surprise, the rats have chewed through all their tires. And the fact that it doesn't look like their tires are flat, they're just covered in mud. Um, that's what it looked like to me. Maybe I'm wrong and the tires were flat, but it didn't look like it to me. Yeah, yeah it didn't to me either. <laughs> what it cost too much to replace them all. I'm mean, like, man, I mean, we ain't got the time to air these tires back up. We're just going to have to do, you're just going to have to go with it. Go with it. Uh, I think this is where we got to give some credit to the actor who plays Duke, Henry Luciani, the guy who plays Duke, because he's, he's being the full bore prick of this movie. He's sowing seeds of discontent, you know, trying to oust Kurt as the leader. And really none of this, what's happening is Kurt's fault. You know, he's making it sound like he's, like, sabotaging them and getting them all killed, but it's, like, it, it's really not his fault, you know? I mean, yeah, he could have laid down the law and been like, let's get the fuck out of here, but they could have, like, they could have rode their motorcycles out on rims. They're, like, there's no way they can get away, so, but they could easily get away if they just, you know, walked. They could abandon their, you know, their vehicles, maybe found some tires somewhere else, came back. But they're like, you can't get away. Let's stay till daylight. Why? Yeah, yeah. They Why? they waste they waste ammo. What's the difference if they just get on their fucking like motorbikes and just ride out and just like fucking ride the rims out until they can't get any farther? Yeah, until it, yeah, until they bend until they crack a rim or bend or bend it and they can't do it anymore. I mean, they could have gotten away from there. Yeah, they have like no respect for like property as far as like you know things that you know like resources. So why would they care? Like, good point. Good point. Uh, this is where I got to say, poor Diana, because isn't it Diana that when they start barricading the place open and like, oh, there's a one window that we forgot to barricade, and she's like leaning her head pretty much out the window, and the rats just like get again. It's one of those scenes that happens in this movie where they just dump a barrel full of rats yeah, on top of the actor. Just strategically in time for someone to dump a whole wheelbarrow of like rats on her head for <laughs> the fuck of it. Like, 
poor Diana. I got to say, poor Diana. She got got done dirty in this movie. Well, everybody kind of gets done dirty in this movie. But uh, the actress that played her was Cindy Ledbetter. Uh, she actually was a, a good actor. She she played a very, you know, very even. You know, a lot of the people in this movie are are kind of you know up one moment and down the next, but she played it very straight and to the point. Uh, I just remember her from being in the Adventures of Hercules the the next year, which is another Italian joint. Uh, I I don't think it was that was a Matei film. I I think that might have been Luigi Cosi that did that. I, but you know, I can't I can't exactly remember off the top of my head, but I think that was Luigi. But anyway, but yeah, she was really really good. But I think her and uh, Gerada Gerada were probably my two favorite actors in this because she's always great. You know, like I said, this movie stars her and her big mane of hair. And the hair so. is like, the hair reminded me of like Trent Haga's like ridiculous wig from Killjoy Two. <laughs> so gigantic it's like if that's a wig like i don't know how she kept it on her head because it's it's like the size of a dead fucking animal like drape <laughs> her scalp like it it's just like, looks fall off it's like a labrador retriever crawled up on her head and died <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> it's yeah. just it's, it's gotta be weighty like oh well then the next thing we get deuce i believe his name is played by fausto I'm going to probably mispronounce this Fausto Lombardi. He's kind of like uh, the Harry Christianella, as you put it, kind of guy. Uh, he lays down, he's like, he remembers reading a book. And I'm like, I don't believe that a single character in this movie, not not the actors, but a single character in this movie ever read a book. Well, yeah, lays, how, I don't believe that a single character can read, period. Yeah, yeah I like, don't think they can, or if they could, they wouldn't. Like, how was that knowledge passed down? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, like, there, there's nothing left in this world. I'm like, where did this guy find a book about rats? Didn't really but, it, but it's okay. It's okay. But, I mean, you know. Suspension of disbelief. If you can believe that these people ended up in the middle of the this world, still alive with uh, gasoline in their cars and motorcycles that ran 250 years after the end of the world, you know, you could believe that somebody read a book. I guess, right? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but he lays down some uh, rat knowledge on them, telling them how they're very territorial. They have little communities, and they don't let other rats inside their community and they could tell what another species of rat was by the smell of their urine and that's when duke just gets to be another scene where duke gets to be an asshole and he's like would you believe that shit who else wrote this bullshit in this book do you believe you're gonna fall for that like every step of the way he thinks he's a better leader and a better person than everybody else but he never offers up anything you yeah, know that would that would let him get the upper hand yeah, he never like he takes every chance he can to try and like come down on on Kurt, but then like he doesn't do anything to like really like step up either. No, the biggest thing he does is try to come on to uh oh, what was it, Myrna? When he yeah. tries to come up, come on to her and he tries to convince her to leave with him. And when the, the everybody else is going down, like Diana is, is all bitten all over the face, she's got hundreds of bites on her. So they they send 
or Kurt and himself, himself, uh, Deuce and Taurus goes down into the basement, into the lab to get medicine and water. And he's like, I ain't fucking going. He's like, I'll stay here with the girls. And then he barricades the door shut and won't let them in. He's kind of like, he's kind of like Henry Cooper in Night of the Living Dead. He's just that dick that's just going to think about himself, you know? What I mean, like, did you see the interview that Matei had done about where he discussed rats? And he said that uh, the inspiration for a lot of what was behind rats was it's literally Night of the Living Dead, but with rats instead of zombies. So No, I didn't see that interview. I didn't watch that one. That's literally was, I guess, one of the main inspirations for it was it was just, yeah, it's Night of the Living Dead with rats. Oh, so that makes sense. Duke is just Henry Cooper. Okay. So they barricade themselves in and are trying to like, you know, protect themselves from rats instead of zombies. All right. I'll 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 come up on my final rating that I was going to give this by an extra half a point, but for that, I'll give them credit for that. I'll give them an extra half a point for that. But like it's really fucking weird when they go down. The flamethrower just doesn't work all of a sudden. It just sprays fuel. And he's like, Oh, this fucking thing doesn't work. Shit. Shit. It's like, um, try relighting the pilot light, perhaps, instead of throwing it down. And then Taurus ends up going down without much fanfare. He has one rat that drops on him and it makes him like freak out and fall down the steps. And they just they just leave him behind. I, just, I mean, I like dead weight. Like, yeah, they're just like peace. <laughs> and like peace out, man. Uh, we'll catch you later on the flip side, I guess. But like when I feel like they did Taurus kind of dirty, they do they do a couple of the characters dirty in this movie. But I well, at the end of the day, like I said, like I don't really think a lot of them seem to like each other that much. So I don't think they really give a shit about each other either. So like when it gets to points like that, they're just like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, peace out. Catch you later. But uh, I mean. There's a scene that I I gotta say that this is the biggest laugh out loud scene is when I can't even remember which character it is. I think it might be Kurt and the guys when they're when Kurt and Deuce are outside the the room uh, the the room where they're all held up where the girls are at where Chocolate's at and Diana's at and Duke is you know keeping them from you know from getting into the room. There's that scene with the rats coming towards them that looks like rats on a conveyor belt that are just kind of like a weird like kind of riding that wave that kind of like a wave it's like they kind of like go up and down like in a sort it's like of, a wave machine yeah it's it looks like it looks like a conveyor belt with yeah to it yeah but, i thought that that made me laugh at this time i didn't remember that particular shot it only lasts for like 30 seconds but this is such a weird shot you show it I feel like they show it two or three times, but each time it's very, very brief and it's very out of focus. So yeah, it's not rats. So yeah, you can tell. Well, it's Amy rats, but they're not real rats at that point. That that was the shot. They're just like, okay, we can't get the rats to cooperate, so we'll just do a conveyor belt thing with a bunch of plastic rats or rubber rats. I mean, I don't know. But I'll say one thing. Chocolate gets one over on Duke. She's like, oh, look, there's a big rat by your foot. And she's like, she knocks him the fuck over, knocks a shotgun out of his hand. And is like, she's going to gut him if she doesn't up, you know, if he doesn't open up the door, which he does. 
And it's the point where I think Kurt fucked up as, as a leader. He should have just straight up killed Duke. He had the point. He had the shotgun. He had it under his chin. He should have blown his head off. Not that it would have meant anything in the end about them surviving. But I, I just think that was a, where Duke might have had a point that Kurt was not the best of leaders. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, but next note I have is the all of a sudden the rats just don't attack, you know, and I didn't understand that they didn't quite e- explain it. But then again, they don't explain a whole lot with this movie. No. The rats don't attack, but I I I just wrote it. I think it's a trap, and it does end up kind of being one because they lure them out. Dana was all fucked up. I thought she was possessed at one point, like she got taken over by like the rat virus or something like that but like she gets fucked up she like leaves and sacrifices herself instead of being eaten alive where she slices her wrist instead of getting eaten alive i kind of get that i i I get the idea of just wanting to bleed out as opposed to being eaten alive by thousands of rats i mean I, i can't say i blame her and you know like with with the deaths one thing that i have to say is is like because hers was sort of like, it's funny because anytime the rats attack, it's just like them being thrown at actors or dumped on them. And then you just see the aftermath, like when when she gets them dumped on her through the window. And then a few seconds later, she's just covered in like chew, chew up, chewed up spots. Like you don't yeah. ever see rats actually biting anyone. And the the one death moment that oh that like really made me be like oh god i hate this like really cool awful cliche of when you find a a dead person and they're just randomly standing there when oh they, with Taurus, the Taurus character in there and they turn him around and he's just like all bloody and dead and he just like falls over it makes me think of any terrible moment in like i think it happens twice in slumber party massacre movies where they just like they they open the door and there's just like a dead character standing on the other side of the door that just like they're like oh my god and they just like fall through right I'm like how are they standing there like I, I, I think that's happened even in a couple like Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween films where they just open the door how does that work like I don't understand like I guess it's because I overthink shit too much and I'm just like this is fucking stupid but. <laughs> I did like they kind of did almost like uh, I want to say the like the demons thing with it where like he falls down like and his body breaks open in the back and the rats start coming up out of his back. I did kind of like that. But yeah, the fact that he was just standing there and they turn him around, he's standing. He turns around. He takes a step like where we led to believe that he survived with uh, a dozen rats inside his body and managed to walk back up those stairs to the bar. Yeah, that part that part's pretty cool though when he falls over there and you see like his back sort of like arch up and then like there's that hilarious shot where you can tell it's just like some kind of like effects mechanism that just like splits his back open. Because it looks like something pulling it open. It's not rats <laughs> pushing their way out. And it just like splits open and then it just explodes rats out of it at the end. <laughs> like And that's like one of the few times you see Gerada chocolate the chocolate character, like uh, freak the fuck out because I mean, like, why wouldn't you freak out at something like that? You know, it's one of the few times you see her lose her shit. Insides of a dude explode rats all over you. I'd scream too. <laughs> like, 
I have to say, I think as myself as a guy with pretty strong resolve, I think I'd scream uh, my heart out. I think I'd scream quite a bit. <laughs> I'd totally scream like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> not, not an issue with me, and I, I would, I would scream twice. <laughs> Uh, is followed by the scene where Duke is kidnapped or taken Myrna hostage, and he's trying to start up uh, their like, you know, steel-plated van, you know, their Mad Max mobile, as I call it, and he's gonna like blow him and Myrna up with a grenade if the other group members don't drop their guns. Seems illogical, but. Two seconds later, he sees that the truck is the the van is filled with rats. So he throws a grenade down and blows them up anyway. So it was like all for nothing anyway. He just blows them, blows him yep. and Myrna up and sacrifices the both of them. The dumbest fucking move in the whole fucking movie. <laughs> like he, yeah, he just like throws it down there to kill the rats, and then he just like blows the whole vehicle up and kills them both. Like most idiotic <laughs> decision in film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, well, um, he at least did what he said he was going to do. It might not have made sense. It might not have had. Uh, yeah, it may not have made sense. But, you know, hey, he did what he said he was going to do. But why? <laughs> just why? And this is the biggest questionable moment I have with this movie. I know I've already had a couple of big what the fuck moments and a couple big questions when they find the recorder. And this seems to me like this came way late in the movie. This should have been something they found when they found when they found the computer. But they found that handheld recorder. And, you know, I only wrote down a couple snippets of the dialogue, but it was, you know, it was recorded. You know, it was like a, a journal, of, you know, an audio journal by one of the scientists that was there. And he says, I recorded this on the 12th day of Oper- Operation Return to Light. The mission was a failure, but rescue is coming in three days. So they have a a rescue squad that's supposed to be coming. And almost within minutes of them playing that, that, uh, you know, that that tape or that recording, we start seeing people in hazmat suits, fully cloaked from head to toe in these bright yellow hazmat suits with helmets on. So you can't see them. They're like cloaked in secrecy. The humans come up out of the sewers and start fumigating everything to get rid of the rats. The rats start leaving once they start pumping gas out. So then Kurt and Deuce end up sacrificing themselves, trying to keep the door closed to their their little hideout where all their cots, you know, their beds are laid out and the food is stored. And so Kurt gets the door blows open from the force of the rats. There's so many rats that the door explodes in. It takes out um, it takes out Kurt, and it takes out uh, Deuce too. I think at the same time, so they both get kind of taken out on a lame note. You know, yeah. the guy that's supposed to be the leader of the group. I mean, it it's kind of uh, he gets taken out like a limp noodle. I, I didn't. I, I thought that was almost like a very shitty way to go consider everybody else you know had these magnificent deaths his yeah, was just kind of like nah yeah very bitch moment honestly the way they both just like it right. <laughs> should open the rats come in and he's just sort of like eaten up underneath the door <laughs> all yeah. of a sudden and then like but the other two are just like yeah we're safe over like right across on the other side of the room just standing behind some shit <laughs> yeah uh, 
Yeah, it was a kind of a lame note to to end on. Well, well, not the ending, but you know, I mean, this. Uh, yeah, that was just bad. That was just bad. And then, I mean, chocolate at one point is begging video to kill her. She's like, "If you kill me, you know." She's like, oh, you know, "My life would have meant something." So, but you know, the fumigation squad or that half hazmat squad shows up, start gassing up the area a little bit more. The rats die off and you know leave i guess i guess the gas just makes them leave it's like a nerve agent kills some and knocks out others and but chocolate and video get knocked out by the gas and the hazmat guys carry them out and then the next scene and i really think that these you know this is the question i had like i wrote it down like i've seen this movie before but i wrote it down like ooh, the fumigating continues but are they saviors or not i'm like let's just wait and I think it's the 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 big reveal at the end of this movie because we're moments away from the end. I think the big reveal at the end is what sells this movie. It's what I remember the most, and it's what was impressive to me the most is when Jrada is sitting there and, she, and her and Video are waking up from the gas and like, oh, you're here to save us. And the guy looking at her just nods, still got his helmet on, can't see him. It's like I remember reading this book, the Bible, and it's a the God that created animals and the humans were all brothers and sisters. And he nods. Yes. He's like, you are, you are, you know, here to help us. Right. And he takes the helmet off and he's got, it's a humanoid rat with a rat head. And the, it actually looks really, really good. It's like, it's one of the best effects of the movie. Yeah. I, I think that that, that final moment is arguably the reason why we still talk about this movie today, truthfully. Oh, yeah, same, same. So remembered and sort of revered in, like, good mad circles, because it is genuinely one of the most, like, what-the-fuck, like, final moment kind of shots of a movie. Because it's like, what's funny is, is watching with my mom, too, she totally called it. She's like, those are going to be rats. <laughs> like, Oh, what? she called it? She called it like she'd never seen this fucking movie before, but she called it. And I'm like, but, you know, like, I think every other normal viewer at the time when this movie probably came out was just like, what? Because it is such a random thing, honestly. And I think it's really what sells the movie overall as a whole, as far as like, you know, because uh, the, the ending, that that final moment, and you get that like nice freeze frame of chocolate screaming is like that's the real fucking that's the real zinger kind of clincher moment yeah like when it freeze frames on her just screaming her guts out yeah yeah because that's 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 what defines this movie (laughs) like it's that final like final minute (laughs) because it's so just like off the wall unhinged like illogically left field that that it kind of works yeah, it does. It well, it doesn't even kind of work. It does work. I mean, for me, I, I I tell you straight up, the first time I saw this, I probably saw it eighty six, eighty seven. Rented it in the video store when I was like, you know, ten, twelve years old, and and I'm telling you, like, I did not see that coming. That had me going, "What the fuck did I just watch? Like, did I miss something? Like, was there something I missed here? Like, nope." Nothing led uh, led you to believe that you were going to have humanoid rat people at the end of this movie. At least not for me, it didn't. See, yeah, I uh, 
I didn't have the pleasure of maybe experiencing a lot of these kinds of movies uh, that, that early as what you did. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't really, uh, I went through a period in my, my, my teen years and into my, you know, young, like late teen years where I would go to the video store and I'd rent everything that came out, you know, and I would, I would purge everything that came out. It didn't matter what it was. Uh, but when I was a kid and I would go and just randomly rent shit, like I, I stuck to specific, uh, <laughs> categories of stuff. And I, I definitely stuck to more like, you know, horror slasher type stuff. And, uh, I didn't. Oh, I, I rented all the Italian cheese. I, I think all I had to see was demons one and two. And then I saw, I wanted to see everything. As a kid, I didn't dip my toes too much into the foreign film stuff. I, I remember buying a copy of, like a like a brand new copy of Demons 1 from a local um, music store that we had in my mall as a kid. And I took that home and watched it. And was just like, that's a very what-the-fuck movie, too. But it was pretty wild. But I, I, I didn't really, as a kid, purge through a lot of this stuff. A lot of these kinds of movies I really started experiencing uh, fully. And a lot of the, even like the, the after the bomb kind of like wasteland post nuke kind of subgenre. I started to really kind of experience a lot as maybe like, you know, early 20s when companies like uh, God Shriek Show and uh, Anchor Bay and, you know, a lot of those. The oh, boutique, I miss Anchor Bay. I miss them. The boutique companies of the early 2000s, you know, were remastering and releasing a lot of these kinds of things. And that's where I was really discovering a lot of this stuff for the first time. That's where I had first discovered and watched things like Rats and, you know, Zombie 3 and 4, et cetera, et cetera. Hell of the Living Dead, Burial Ground, you know. And I was just like, oh, I remember when I saw Zombie 3, at first I was just like, what the hell is this? This is not the zombie I remember. And on then I got a lot of those zombie sequels weren't the zombies I remembered anyway. On that note, two same things like, you know, new, like New Gladiators and, you know, uh, you know, after the fall of New York and that like all that kind of stuff, too. So but kill yeah. rats are a fun subgenre. There aren't there's not a whole lot of them, but like uh Killer rat movies can be fun when 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 they get made. It's nice when they're real rats. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or do you mean real guinea pigs? I mean, I guess it's, it helps that there's something real on it. So. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say they 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 did have a whole whole lot of uh, you know what I mean the whole lot of uh, real rats in this, but you know like I said some of it was obviously some some hamsters, some gerbils, or something like that. But you know. Very large non-rat rodent type <laughs> like at one point i was just like did they throw a beaver on top of them the fucker <laughs> like, there was some big rats uh but that being said i think we've uh covered about as much ground as we possibly can on rats night of terror uh you know as well as anybody as being my most frequented uh co-host uh guess go first so rating on a scale from one to ten and final thoughts man yeah, you know, I uh, I'll, I'll say that even though like Wasteland, like you know, post nuke kind of movies are not necessarily a favorite subgenre of mine. A subgenre I do really respect is the nature amok, like animal subgenre. I love shit with 
killer animals. And like I said just a second ago, like I love, I can think of a couple like really fun killer rat movies. So, you know, beyond just like shit like Willard and, you know, Ben and that kind of stuff, like the rats and killer rats and stuff. So they're they're fun movies, you know, um, and this I, I like has, the na- nature run amok kind of movies. They're 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 part of my uh, they're my jam as well. And this this movie has its moments. I I do think that at points there are just too many fucking characters for me to be able to like differentiate people. Because I think going sitting down knowing I'm gonna watch a Bruno Mattei like post nuke killer rat movie, like I don't want to think too much. <laughs> like having to differentiate eleven fucking characters is kind of like mentally exhausting to me. And I, I will kind of knock it for the fact that there's not really much of it actually at all like rats eating people like you don't you never see any shots of any rats like biting anyone or eating anyone kind of thing. So a lot of that that kind of carnage is non-existent. There's a lot of characters just like blah, 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 <laughs> just kind of like because you've got a lot of fucking characters a lot of dull character moments so when that when the action's going it's good but when there's like not rat action and like that zany mate vibe going i think it's it's gets really boring at points so but again i, I could agree with that i can agree with that but I mean, this movie ha- was enough to brazen enough to have that like ridiculous ending, you know, and I, I think like shit like that can only happen. And, you know, the, the like the cinematic dimension of, you know, someone is just like off the wall left field is what Bruno Mattei's cinematic sensibilities were because his shit just sort of like. It's one of those filmmakers like Claudio Fragasso and stuff like their stuff just kind of exists on a separate plane all to itself. Like people can't or don't make movies like this, like naturally anymore. <laughs> like it was just like a very, very contained moments in time. So uh, that that stuff has to be respected. Um, obviously, you know, the last time I watched this was probably when the, the DVD came out. 21 years ago so it's not something i go back and revisit a lot obviously but um probably sound (laughs) kind of high but like you know i'd give it like a six but you know you know i always have to kind of reiterate like in my grade school kind of grading mentality that's like a d it's fun it's it's silly stupidity but i think at points it's it's got way too many you know dull moments and stuff but they're the 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 good moments are are fucking zingers, you know, like the fucking rat people at the end, the body exploding with the rats, and you know, the rat eating itself through the woman's uh, vagina, outer mouth. You know, th- those are those moments are real fucking bangers. But they're, I was going to say, those are some bangers for sure. But it needs like a lot more bangers for me to, to really say that I like love it because I don't love it. It's not. It's bad, but like it is good bad, but it's not good a good bad that I would go back and revisit regularly. So you gave it a, a six? Yeah. I'm coming in at exactly a six. I was giving it uh, a five and a half until uh we did this this show on it and I decided to give it an extra half a half a point when you told me about Bruno Mate's and the 
the similarities between Night of the Living Dead that that was deliberate. I'm like, okay, I'll give it a, ha- a half. Because you know, you know me, my, my, my mode of thinking is if it's a five or above, I can recommend it to somebody. If it's under a five, I can't, you know, recommend it. I, I would still consider this a movie I could recommend. You know, if you're a gore hound, this movie will, will, will satisfy you. If you like zaniness and you love like the Bruno Mattei, Claudio Fragasso kind of stuff, you know, like the Troll 2, Monster Dog, just wild and crazy fucking kind of movies with without much logic either, I think you'll love this movie. I, I don't necessarily love it, but I do like it a lot. Uh, I think I loved it when I was, like I said, in my adolescence and I was, you know, a, a kid. I, I loved it because it was just, you know, it was Italian horror and I loved all Italian horror. But I still, you know, I, I like it quite a bit because it's crazy. It, it just, it, the problem is, is this the, you know, A, too many characters. We've already talked about that. This is too many characters and too many characters doing stupid things. Like wasting the food, you know, and like and just many other things. I won't reiterate all of them, but like it's just like they can't seem to. What's the word I'm looking for here? They they can't seem to agree on anything, and this this group of characters doesn't don't seem like they give a shit about one another. They don't like one another. So like, why are they together other than just necessity of the wasteland? Like, why are they traveling together? Why are they? Why are they like? compadres like why are they traveling together and i guess yeah necessity of like safety and numbers i guess but yeah of them other than like maybe the two screwing each other or the i guess maybe the two couples that are screwing each other i don't feel like anyone else really likes anyone (laughs) so like no i got the idea that like video and chocolate had something going on but like they never you know sealed the deal on that but you know uh, that's kind of neither here nor there, you know, it wasn't really developed enough, but it's a good schlocky flick. Yeah. I, I think this falls into the category that we've already discussed. It, it falls into the category of so bad. It's good. Yeah. yeah and it's, it, and it's Bruno Mattei that, that tells you right there that most of everything Bruno does was so bad. It's good. And I mean that with all the love of my heart, because I, I love a lot of Bruno stuff. It, it's crazy. A lot of it's not great. But it's highly entertaining. I, I will agree that this movie does have some spells in it where it's really boring and it's a lot of dialogue that just doesn't really go anywhere where they're talking about a whole lot of they're talking a lot about a little, you know. So I'll leave it at that. But yeah, uh so yeah, that was one of the few times we've actually matched ratings of both coming in at a six. Yeah, cool. I don't I can't remember a single time where we've both been completely on point. <laughs> With the with the rating, yeah, I think we maybe we would maybe have done it once, maybe once on the subspecies episode, but I can't remember if we were different on that one. But but yeah, I'd have to go back and check. But this may be the first time we both came in with matching ratings. So hey, why not? <laughs> well, I think we'll stick a pin in this one for the evening. I want to thank you for coming on the show. I know this wasn't you know necessarily like uh like I said you're you're. You're you're in your wheelhouse of your you know favorite subgenres, but I appreciate you taking the time out of your you know your busy life to do one of these uh, wasteland episodes with me, man. I appreciate it. Oh yeah, it's always amusing, even if something's not necessarily in my wheelhouse. It can still be uh, an interesting experience going back and revisiting something like this because, like I said, I've not seen it in over. 
20 years. So it's kind of can be kind of a fascinating experiment going back and kind of watching something like this with, you know, much with a much more (laughs) older, world weary, mature kind of mindset. (laughs) (laughs) My mind Uh. it like, you know, as a as a, you know, 40 something. <laughs> yeah, fuck it, man. I mean, like I said, I'm almost 50, and I remember the first time I saw this, like I said, I was 10, 12 roundabouts. And uh, the fact that I'm, you know, a good uh, 35 years older now than the first time I seen it, I would love to ask my, uh, my younger self what what he what little cam thought of this back then because i i don't know what my original thoughts were other than what the fuck was with the humanoid rat at the end <laughs> that was the biggest the thing that i came across with this movie yeah early 2000s i can tell you you know fresh faced you know 20 year old dustin was very uh, fascinated by <laughs> learning the ways of uh, a lot of this weird italian shit <laughs> <laughs> I, I, same same have I went back and revisited a lot of it? Truthfully, no. <laughs> so, oh, I revisit it all the time. I call this my comfort food. This is my comfort food zone. Italian schlocky horror, Italian sci-fi, Italian action, police procedurals. I love it all. Like even this one. Like I said, I may not like necessarily air quotes here. They can't see. Love it, but I sure like the hell out of it. And I'll leave it at that. Well, uh, we'll stick a pin in this one for the evening. Uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, there may be one more episode coming in. This may be the last one, but I might just have one more left in me. We'll see what happens. Uh, but in case we don't see you again, folks, thanks you all for listening and tuning in to our Wasteland Appreciation Month. And you hear some scurrying in the walls. Just be aware, there might be some rats. <laughs> <laughs>